You're listening to the GovFuture podcast, highlighting discussions and insights around innovative technology impacting the public sector. Hear from experts working with and inside the government on ways that technology is shaping the future of the public sector. On this episode, we speak with Dan Hoffman, City Manager of the City of Winchester, Virginia. We discuss how local governments can successfully adopt emerging technologies, such as automation, advanced analytics, and AI, and get insights from Dan's years of experience with innovation at the local government level. In this very lively podcast, we'll hear how resource-constrained agencies can take advantage of emerging technologies. Stay tuned. And welcome to the Gov Future podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ron Schmelzer. And we are so thrilled. We are cranking along and so many great interviews here on Gov Future. And you might have heard some of our fantastic interviews with folks across the board from federal, state, and local folks really advancing innovation in the public sector. And that's a lot of what we are, are looking to do. And we do like hearing from you. So many of you have reached out to us, tell us if you'd like to hear more on this topic. Of course, AI is everywhere. So yeah, we're not going to stop talking about AI. But there's a lot of other great tech that is transforming public sector from automation and advanced analytics. And we talk a little bit about quantum. That's We're still maybe a couple of years from having that be a part of our daily lives. But uh, you know, we really are excited. And so once again, for those of you that are new first timers to the Gut Future podcast, this is the place to come to hear uh, interviews and conversations with thought leaders who are advancing the state of innovation and technology in the public sector, and a great place for you if you're trying to stay ahead of what's happening. So please do stay subscribed and continue to listen to us on the Gut Future podcast. And for those that aren't familiar with the GovFuture community, GovFuture is the fastest growing community of government innovators. You can learn more at GovFuture.com, and we'll definitely link to that in the show notes as well. On our podcast, we'd like to bring together that, you know, the entire community of government innovators from all levels of government. So we're so excited to have with us today, Dan Hoffman, who is city manager at the city of Winchester, Virginia. Welcome, Dan, and thanks so much for joining us. Hi, guys. So this podcast is not about artificial ingredients, because I I thought that, that okay, then Shoot. I'll do my best. I'm sorry. We're all natural here. All, I know. We're, we're all natural. Well, I should say we're not sharing the video, but I mean in terms of uh, the ingredients. <laughs> I know, Ron. You're... Ron, you you've had a lot of uh, enhancements over the years. I'm, I know you, you can't claim to be all natural, buddy. You're, you're part cyborg <laughs> at this point. Just check out his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I am Dan Hoffman. I'm the city manager of Winchester, Virginia. Uh, prior to that, I was uh, assistant city manager for Gainesville, the uh, city of Gainesville, Florida. And prior to that, I was uh, chief innovation officer in Montgomery County, Maryland, a large urban uh, county just outside of the District of Columbia, uh, which is where I first met uh, Ron and Kathleen. Now I'm out in Winchester, Virginia, which is <clears throat> about an hour and a half to the west of D.C. Out, uh, We're not considered northern Virginia. We're just over the mountain, as they say, uh, in the uh, Shenandoah Valley. Well, perfect. So maybe for our listeners, can you just, you know, that was a really great introduction. And we have known Dan for quite some time, uh, followed him through his career. Uh, maybe can you just let our listeners know what you do as city manager in Manchester? 
Yeah. So, you know, when we first met, I was chief innovation officer where I was solely focused on uh, technology, new processes, uh, you know, pilot programs, new ideas for local government. Now, uh, you know, I am in a more generalist role, although obviously, you know, I promote that among my staff and, you know, we have projects here in the city, uh, but my role now is a little more all-encompassing. I oversee all the day-to-day aspects of city government, uh, you know, police, fire, parks and rec, social services. Um, and for a city of our size, you know, Winchester's not huge. It's uh, about 30,000 people and 600 employees or so. My job is overseeing the day-to-day operations of all those functions. Yeah, that's really very important. And and you know, as we've been sort of tracking your history, I think it's been fantastic. Every conversation we have with you, you is so uh, interesting and informative for our listeners. Uh, if you go back and look at our catalog for AI and government, when you were at Gainesville, you were actually rolling out autonomous vehicles, which was a, always a surprise for us. Oh, that's you know, right. At the local level, what's happening? And I guess maybe you can shed some light here because people hear about you know AI, automation, mm-hmm. advanced analytics. Yeah. And they may be thinking, oh, this is happening, you know, at the highest levels of government. They not, may not be realizing maybe mm-hmm. some of the impact that this is happening, you know, even within their local community. Oh, yeah, that that particular. Uh... Autonomous Vehicle Project down in Gainesville, I mean, that was tremendously educational, I think, not just for us, but hopefully any other jurisdiction that was looking to do it. It was right around that time when uh, there was a wave of those, you know, kind of autonomous little mini buses, Um, you know, a couple different companies made them. Uh, We were using a vehicle that was actually manufactured in France. And just understanding the limitations of uh you know an autonomous autonomous vehicle at that point how it how it interacted with the built environment uh was was very insightful for us you know ultimately you know i i don't think that vehicle is currently running i think the contract ended it was a three-year project at the time but it was you know hamstrung by you know, a lack of federal regulations uh, that provided clear guidance, uh, fear, uh, you know, it, COVID. I, there were there was a variety of things working against that project. I'm still very proud of it, you know, even though it's not continued because, you know, sometimes I think sometimes when people it is I'll say this, it is not innovative to cling to a pilot program. It's pilot program for a reason. It's meant to end. Uh, when you try to push everything into, you know, an ongoing program or into full production, that that's completely contrary to the notion of agile innovation. So if something's working, you build on it. If it's not, you learn from it and you move on. And that was kind of the case with that project. We learned a lot from it and we moved on. Just as we're now kind of tinkering with little things in the in the ai realm you know there's a lot of little projects going on some of them i think will end up ramping up and seeing you know seeing them being incorporated into uh you know actual ongoing programs and some will go to the wayside because they were you know ill-conceived or or maybe we just needed to answer some questions yeah that makes sense and actually i love that philosophy that the whole idea is to try things you know, part of innovation, that core word, Nova, means new. 
doesn't mm-hmm. just mean Northern Virginia. It means new. <laughs> and and I think the the great the great thing about new things is like, yeah, I mean, you know, you have to not be afraid of failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you have to have the guardrails because new things can be dangerous. Yeah, yeah. And actually, this might be a, a good sort of way of talking a little bit more about that. When now, I mean, it's interesting because AI has been around since even before computing. It's actually a, mm-hmm. quite a long term idea. And when we were talking, even AI was going through its you know third wind, right? Yeah, with, yeah. Uh, with, with yeah. mostly uh, not just autonomous vehicles, but a lot of image recognition and NLP systems and things like that. Now we're kind of like in like this third plus wave when mm-hmm. people have like really rediscovered generative AI, mainly because it's so easy now for the average person to get their hands on it. Whereas before, mm-hmm. maybe you had to be a data scientist. You had to kind of yeah. you know, massage the more you know tools that had a lot of sharp edges. So kind of you know, one of the conversations is, is how do you see this? both as a tool, as an opportunity, maybe how do you mm-hmm. see it maybe as a challenge, uh, not a threat, but like, you know, how do you kind of see that SWOT analysis, you know, yeah. with, with Jenny? Well, it's funny you brought up the, you know, image recognition stuff, because that was another project from, from well, I, I wouldn't say it's a project. We were using, in Gainesville, we were using a product, uh, of course, the name's escape Clear AI, I think was the name of it, where they were looking at, uh, basically using an AI engine to scan publicly available pictures on social media to try to identify people who had, uh, you know, were wanted for a crime, right? When that kind of became public that uh, agencies, law enforcement agencies were using this particular product, which provided tremendous benefits uh, to actually trying to identify and you know, catch bad guys, so to speak. It got so much, I was always caught off guard, but how much pushback it got. And I'm seeing that today as well. You know, back then, we spent a lot of time trying to educate elected officials on what it is and what it is not, because their entire, in that particular situation in Gainesville, several of those elected officials, their entire uh, worldview on AI was shaped by a few movies they had seen. I mean, it, you literally, I remember sitting in a meeting and uh, having one city commissioner uh, say that somehow he started talking about the movie Minority Report. And be, just because there was a predict, the, the phrase predictive analytics was used <clears throat> at some point in you know the conversation, suddenly they made the the AI tool out to be this like super brain that was, you know, predicting the future or something. It, it got to this realm of ridiculousness. Uh, and to me, it was just a lesson in, first off, just because someone is elected does not mean they're an expert in anything at all. Uh, it means that they represent the the people uh, in their ward or their district it doesn't mean they're an expert on ai or technology in fact sometimes well as we all know there is no qualification needed for elected office other than maybe you know living in a certain place or having being a certain age there's nothing to it so trying to communicate really complex technical issues that are going to inform policies that an elected official will make that is really one of the, the bigger challenges for AI that you know, we're still facing. Every time there's a new application or a new use case, 
we get questions from counselors, but because we're also getting, you know, vendors trying to sell us those products. Yeah, I like how you bring that up too, because we always say, you know, with transformative technology and AI is a transformative technology, laws don't always keep up with that technology. No, so, and in some ways it makes sense because you want to see how the technology is going to be adopted and be mm -hmm. used and figure out what laws really need to be put in place in those guardrails. Mm -hmm. And then in other ways, it's it changes just so fast that if you are to make these, you know, laws, are they going to be obsolete in a few years or actually kind of do the reverse of the help that it's supposed to have? Um, so it's, you know, I like that you bring that up because um, I, I think that is an important conversation and also important to understand just on that fundamental level. Mm -hmm. And speaking of transformative technologies and technologies people are using these days, I don't think you can have a conversation about AI without talking about, uh, you know, generative AI. Mm -hmm. And there needs to be conversations and discussions had about how that is and is not mm -hmm. to be used, especially in uh, the public sector. So mm -hmm. maybe, you know, how are you, you guys approaching emerging technologies such as generative AI and those advanced use cases. Some people are saying a wait and see approach. They're just kind of letting it play out. Other agencies have said, absolutely, no, you can't use it. So I'd like to hear, you know, how you guys are approaching that. I, I would say at this point, there are probably some bigger jurisdictions that have yeah, the means and money to do it. Uh, jurisdictions of, of our size, you know, we are limited to the products a vendor can offer. We we get into the occasional co-development agreements. You know, we pilot and prototype new stuff that we feel like works. With generative uh, and other advanced AI, I don't think it's necessarily gotten to, you know, uh, that local city, you know, a Winchester or, you know, a, a city of, or a county in a rural, you know, those, those places, they're not getting it yet, but we're trying to really more understand how we engage when other people are using it. I mean, that's really the challenge for us at this point is um, not so much are we going to go buy a product that's going to, you know, simulate a city council meeting, <laughs> you know, or we're not going to suddenly have AI uh, generated city councilors, but uh, that might not be a bad idea. Um, it, but we... Uh, we do, though, have to try to figure out a way to navigate when citizens, when residents are using it, particularly for a nefarious purpose. Because, you know, we, we we have a lot of functions that are highly regulated and very public. So when you put tools in the hands of a resident or a business or somebody else that could spoof or disrupt our operation, either by providing us bad information, you know, pretending, you know, using AI to uh, to generate or simulate something that might mislead a, a police officer uh, or might uh, create a perception among elected officials that, you know, something inappropriate was occurring. Uh, that is not, um, you know, that, that's kind of more the policy stuff that we're trying to work through at this point. Um, not, you know, Hey, are we going to buy it? We're we going to use it ourselves. We're, we're just really watching at this point and trying to figure out, is someone going to try to pull a fast one on us using, using these tools? 
Yeah, that's certainly that's a lot of the, the folks we talk to are in that sort of let's wait and see attitude. I yeah. think the, the the challenge with the like the the, the things that are even kind of much more like uh, innocuous, I would say, or lower level are like the text generators, like you know, Chat GPT, which mm-hmm. you like you know type yeah. a little bit of text and it kind of gives you a long prompt. Mm-hmm. The thing, the funny thing is, like now you don't even have a lot of these tools are are making their way into the tools we already have, so it's yeah. kind of interesting. So it's not even necessarily going to be a buy or build decision. You'd be like one day opening up PowerPoint or Google Slides right. or zoom and all of a sudden you'd be like would you like us to automatically uh you know, do something for you be like Woo. uh yeah. and so it's so this is, it kind of feels to us a little bit like okay to your point there's a lot of great possible uses for it we're seeing people maybe like you know chat bots or faqs mm-hmm. when you need to like i need a service yeah. yeah and it's like three o'clock in the morning and, and i need a i don't want i can't go to the website mm-hmm. or like have very specific thing. Of course, the challenge is, as we know, that uh, these a lot of these systems can hallucinate. You know, mm-hmm. tell you something that may yeah. or may not be true. So that's yeah. why there's a little of this uh, give and take. Well, and that's why there, you know, so there's some of the the chatbot capabilities that, you know, I think we're about we're, we're preparing a new website. Probably has something along those lines. Stuff that's very scripted. Uh, you know, and obviously, you know, we can get into the distinction between AI and machine learning. We're not dealing with any tools that learn or it, like. Every, anything we would adopt at this point is purely going to be script based. Um, it, it's not going to hallucinate, so to speak. You know, I know that local governments too have unique challenges all their own. Sometimes it's resources. Uh, I think a lot of times it's resources, right? You know, whether that's money oh, yeah. or people. And so, what are some of the unique challenges that you face when you want to implement these emerging technologies such as automation, advanced analytics, or AI, given that, you know, you do have limited resources? I mean, the obvious answer is limited resources. Um, But I I would say that, you know, it kind of gets back to the the elected officials, you know, at, at this, at the local level, there's not a lot of distance between, you know, the city councilor, town councilor, city commissioner, whatever, you know, whatever you might have in your local city. There's not a lot of distance between them and the residents, right? Uh, you know, Congress, there's like my, in some cases, thousands of miles between them and the people they represent. You know, in, in local government, it's we're all neighbors. You know, we all live in the exact same place. So when we, for example, use a right now, we are in the midst of testing out <clears throat> some AI tools uh, at intersections that, you know, yes, there's a very there's an L, uh, license plate reader component to it, but it's also a traffic analytics tool. Uh, you know, I could say that. You know, procurement was a challenge. But I think I think often too much is made of the local government procurement problem or any government procurement problem. Vendors always complain about it, but they never actually have a solution for it. Uh, their solution is always just buy my product. No, that's not a that's not a solution. We, we are a public agency. We have we have to have these processes um, so you can put procurement to the side. Really, it, it ain't going away. We are all we will always have transparent public processes. But the the challenge will come from that distance between the elected and the the, the people they represent because they're going to hear directly from their neighbors that oh that 
traffic analytic tool is stealing my data or they'll whatever misinformation they'll read an inaccurate article in the newspaper and they'll form all of these assumptions and within minutes they're in the ear of a local elected official who is emailing me to say oh my goodness why are we doing this before actually asking is this accurate is this correct what does this do what benefits does this tool provide they immediately jump to oh my goodness the sky is going to fall because we have we we may have gotten some data that this person didn't want us to have so everything comes to a grinding halt pretty quick uh so we we have to find <clears throat> support you know we have to show the benefit right up front and early on we have to show why there's really no other way to get to the same result you know if you want to make an intersection safer yeah there's a lot of things we can do but can anything do a better job or does anything provide the exact same benefit that this ai driven tool provides no of course so it sounds dramatic but in some cases you have to you know these elected officials have to choose are we going to take a chance on a new piece of technology or are we going to stick our heads in the sand because we're worried a few people might complain and that's that's really where where i have to live because i report directly to those elected officials no that, that's actually extremely valid and when when we talk in general about um especially this trustworthy ai when people need to we're working with these i know we're talking about ai here but honestly this really applies to all technology sort of ai is a little bit of a foil because it's so easy for us to look at you know because you see all the movies and people see all the things and it seems so mysterious and magical in many ways but honestly we could say the same thing about just analytics or mm -hmm. yeah. you know cameras surveil you know we could say all oh, yeah. all the same <clears throat> thing because there's both what we call the fear side, which is really more emotional, which has to do mm -hmm. with like, I'm afraid of losing control. I'm afraid of my job. I'm afraid of my life. I'm afraid of things mm -hmm. taking over. And, you know, they may seem fanciful, but those are fears. And those fears may usually get in the way. You might be like, I just want to deliver a service to you. And yeah. they're like, I don't trust that meter that you're going to put on <laughs> my, uh, my, 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 my electricity, my... My my electricity meter, my gas that actually happens. People are like I don't trust that. Even though I'm like it's just a you know radio thing, oh, right? Yeah. Uh, and and so, but with AI, kind of you know the, all these technology kind of accelerates things. And at the same time, we do have legitimate we say concerns. Mm -hmm. The flip side, yeah. yes, bad people do bad things with technology. You mm -hmm. can't trust corporations with your data. They're not yeah. you know privacy issues, security issues. So yeah, I mean it, it's a tough challenge because you're dealing with people mm -hmm. like pretty much at that direct services oh, yeah. level. And and those are the, you know, you referenced what private companies do with data. You know, there's this sense that the government's going to be held to a higher standard. And that's fine. We've, we've always been held to the higher, to a higher standard because we're dealing with other people's uh, money. You know, there's that, the collect, the, the community's resources are put into a local government. So they all have a degree of ownership over it. Uh, and they want us to be held to a higher standard. But when they, when I hear people push back on local government using tools to improve quality of life, when their favorite company or social media conglomerate uses the exact same tool for very questionable purposes, but they have no issues there. I mean, the amount of data I'm a, I, I have Facebook, I'm on Facebook. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm sure Facebook collects all kinds of crap about me. Every every time I see an ad that is eerily similar to a conversation I had 30 minutes before, I sit there and I go, Ugh. 
<laughs> that's that's too creepy. And I'm a futurist kind of guy. So so people will have no issue with that. But yet the moment we might, you know, we as a local government might use some data to, you know, improve the way we function, to save residents money, you know, those are the kind of things we do with it. We do good things with the extra data and uh, you know, tools, uh, technology tools that we that we receive. Uh, you know, it's a weird double standard that we have to live with as local government. We have this conversation a lot that uh, I think people in general in the past few years have just become very aware of their data footprint, how much data they're generating, how much data is being collected, how it's being stored and used. So I think that plays into this entire conversation. And the trust that they put in organizations versus governments, I think is shifting. You know, maybe a decade ago, I think people trusted organizations with their data more than they trusted governments. And now they've seen a lot of some of the things that are going on with how data is being collected. Maybe they didn't even notice or or know that it was being collected. You know, specifically, you brought up Facebook and how you get these ads. Well, the if it was monitoring chats and voice mm-hmm. conversations. So you have mm-hmm. to go in and disable that feature rather than yeah. opting into it. You need to opt out of that. Oh, and yeah. As people begin to understand that, I think they're going, whoa, hold on a minute. You're collecting all this data on me that I didn't really give you permission to collect. And I didn't really give you permission. You know, signing a terms of, of agreement yeah. like 10 years ago. And that's where the rub is. You, you're there's this kind of I don't I don't know if it's uh, the modern version of buyer beware or you know laissez faire or whatever you want to call it. But yes, when I signed up for Facebook, I didn't. I gave them permission to do a bunch of stuff. Now. Is it buried in, you know, a 15 page fine print somewhere that, hey, you're going to be able to do that? Yeah. Yeah, it was. I still signed it because I want to use the tool. And then I don't have a right to say my only right is to either use it or not use it. So I don't have a ton of sympathy for people that complain about Facebook. Stop using Facebook. Then don't then be off social media. Like I that's that's it is our choice to use these tools but we get as much as we complain about them we get enough benefit off of them to make it worth it otherwise people would stop i mean i if i didn't enjoy you know or have at least have a love-hate relationship with facebook uh i would say goodbye to it right but i like it enough and i've made that choice uh to to continue to use it yeah, I think that sometimes too we all we we do talk about choice and you can absolutely get off Facebook, but sometimes you've ingrained yourself in it where, you know, I'm in some groups that if I'm not on Facebook, I don't get notified of those activities. And so I think that that's where this rub comes with private versus public sector as well, right? Because you just don't, you know, if the city mm-hmm. offers the service, I don't just not get my trash collected, right? Exactly. Like, well, and that, and that is a very good point. We, you know, Twitter, the 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 recent debacles that Twitter keeps finding itself in. Granted, getting off the AI topic a little bit, but uh, you know, there are people that built entire businesses based on Twitter. 
You know, there, there were people that, you know, their livelihood was built on using Twitter in some way, shape or form. So, and I've seen a few news articles and a couple of horror stories where, yeah, if Twitter like tanks hard, what, um, you know, is there some, ob- does Twitter have an obligation to those people? You know, do, do they, are they somehow, you know, d- does their contract or compact with the people that use Twitter extend beyond that terms and agreements that they all I'm sure clicked accept on when they decided decided to use it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Thankfully, in our case, um, you know, like you said, people can't opt out. Well, they could take their trash to the dump, but most people don't opt out of. You know, I don't want to. I don't want the police to know where I live, so I want to opt out of public safety. You know, it it doesn't quite work that way you know we are i I do it is this is hard to especially in 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 the u.s because of the way culturally we deal with privacy and Mm -hmm. issues issues of community i don't realize that you know we these services that we all collectively contribute to they you know they're they're there to provide an essential need it's you know we put out fires we you know stop people that are speeding frequently. We we do all of these things. So yeah, if you don't like how we're operating or the tools we're using, go vote. That's that's your option. Or you know, some I never tell somebody, hey, you should move. <laughs> if you don't like it, you should move. This is your home. Um but at the same time, you know, that all of these things are enhancing quality of life in the city uh and if they're not we don't use them because we don't have the money otherwise we don't buy tools just because they're problematic and and create issues you know if it's not working we don't buy it because we ain't got that much money right well you know it's a really interesting uh, place it's a really fascinating conversation that's why we love talking to you because i know that we, the conversation goes in so many different directions and actually make a, some really interesting points and i think honestly the challenges that that you face as a as a local government city is one that i think many organizations face too even small companies who don't think of themselves as say cities face the same question you're like well as an individual i don't have to participate in social media no one's making me but if, the, if there's a conversation happening about the city or this conversation's happening about the company and you're like, well, I'm not going to participate in it. It's tricky. It's a tricky position to be in because then you sort of let the conversation happen. So you feel this obligation yeah. to participate, even if you don't like the construct of, mm-hmm. of having to do it. And I, and I think this is this, I think we might be at some sort of, uh, you know, societal moment when things change. Mm-hmm. It happens every once in a while, you know, yeah. we move from, you know, everybody were farmers back in the day, agrarian. So, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of city services, there wasn't much because everybody's kind yeah. of, then we moved to factories and we'd be like, oh, do we really want to build factories in the middle of a city? We had to figure yeah. that whole thing out. And now <clears throat> I'm at this point, which is like, you know, the, the extent to which technology yeah. plays a role in everyday lives. Yeah. And a lot of folks too, you know, especially in a, again, this is a small town, <clears throat> Just because, you know, just because you as an individual don't like something, it doesn't, and kind of this, a little bit back to our other point, doesn't mean you get to opt out of the community. You know, we occasionally have these guys, they call themselves sovereign citizens. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that term. They're, guy, they're people that show up 
<clears throat> and they want to uh, they they claim we, we we try to give them a parking ticket or we try to you know, or, you know give them a citation of some sort, and they claim they are not subject to the rules of any local of any government because they did not allow they did not give permission to be governed. I'm like that's not how it works. That is not sorry. You know, the, you live in this country. You live in either the state of you know you live in the state of Virginia. You live in the city of Winchester. You've made that choice to be subject to all of our rules and laws, and you don't get to opt out. You know, just just because you don't like it, you don't get to say, "Well, I, I'm going to pick and choose which laws I want to follow." I mean, that's kind of the challenge that people are faced now with. <clears throat> all of these different tools that their favorite companies are adopting. They're going to like some uses of it. They're going to like, oh, I like that Amazon already knows that I kind of want this or it makes, I, you know, or I've got this, I can at 3 a.m., I can have some type of dialogue with the company. It might not be a human, but I got my question answered. You know, there's that kind of stuff that, oh, okay, I like that. Oh, but wait, I don't, I don't like these other things. I want to be very selective. Well, sorry. I mean, it's, the cat's out of the bag at this point and it ain't going back in. So yeah, a, a good, good way to put it, I think is uh, on to wrap that note up is like, you know, op- instead of opting out, just opt in. And the great thing about the great thing about uh, governments is that you can participate in being part of the solution. It's mm-hmm. much, much, much harder to go in and say, you know, Apple, I'm going to change the way your phone works. <laughs> <laughs> a little harder to do, but you can say, oh, yeah. Hey Winchester, I don't like this aspect. Unless, like, well, then let's. There's a mechanism yeah. by which you get involved. Talk to them, and we'll, and we'll explain. Hey, here's how, why we're using it. Here's what we're actually using it for. Here's what we're not using it for. Uh, you know, that's what that's my only ask of of residences. Take a moment, learn from it. Uh, I, I never tell people go do your own research because that's you're going to find all kinds of garbage information. That doesn't. It's really hard for a person to actually do that these days and. We're just not trained to do it. Um, but hey, you do have any if you live in a city, you do have people whose sole job it is to look out for you. You know, you're you're yes, the money you contribute via taxes is being used to look out for you. And you know, I my part of my job is to uh, answer and inform residents. And I, if I give them bad information, if I mislead somebody, I get fired. So, Trust, you know, I always encourage people, trust the local city folks, you know, the staff in cities, whether it's small or big, trust those folks. They have no reason to provide you bad information. They they are, in fact, you know, they put their career and livelihood at risk if they were to lie to you. So what a, who are you going to trust? You know, your neighbor who happens to work in the planning department or Facebook, right? We talk a lot about transparency especially when we are adopting technologies. And that's exactly, you know, what what it sounds like you're saying here. We're just be transparent about how you're using it. So mm-hmm. we're not saying to not use something, but if you are going to use it, just let folks know how you're using it and why you're using it. Because at the end of the day, if you're investing time and money and resources into the technology and people aren't using it, then it's a waste for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And too often this dialogue, this kind of conversation at the local level is dominated by loud voices who have no idea what they're talking about. I had a meeting yesterday with a a local resident out in a park 
because he didn't want to come to City Hall because of the listening devices, which, okay, that's a little, we don't have listening devices here at City Hall. I don't have the money <laughs> to equip City Hall with a bunch of devices to record people. Um, but that person is also one of the most loud vocal people that shows up at meetings and emails city councilors. But there's only so much we can do, right? This is somebody who, you know, is clearly paranoid. I'm sure if you asked him his uh, thoughts on AI, you would get a, a very bizarre answer. But you know what? He's got the ear of city council. So what do we do? Well, this has been such a wonderful podcast, really brought up a lot of discussions. And, you know, we don't always get to talk to people at that local level. So that's why we love to have podcasts like this. We always I'm surprised you keep inviting me back. We go on such so many random tangents. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> well, we've known you for a long time. We really do enjoy. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe, that's why, maybe that's why it's so long in between. They're like, oh, God, I can only use so much of this damn guy. Get off his damn soapbox. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. We'll have you back before you know it. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> So we always wrap up our podcast by asking the same question because we always get such varied responses. So I'm interested um, and looking forward to your response. What do you see or hope to see as the future of technology and innovation in the government? I'd love to. I mean, we lament here at the staff level. We always lament about the lack of engagement from the general public, all right? We hear from those loud people like the guy I just mentioned, ad nauseum. I mean, the 95% of the city we never hear from is, you know, the, those are the folks that I, I wish they would take the time to get a little more engaged. <clears throat> Now, how can AI or technology help that? You know, done a day goes by where I don't get a vendor trying to sell me their new platform that's going to completely transform citizen engagement. 90% of it's baloney. I'm still waiting for that thing, which is going to make it easy enough for the average, you know, single mom <clears throat> uh, working a couple of jobs or the you know retiree that's kind of isolated aging in place how do we actually educate folks on this and how do we get them to engage in a way i i don't know i maybe a i mean that's this chat gpt and some of these tools maybe that's the start of us discovering a yet undiscovered way of getting people engaged I mean, that that is my hope with this, because all the other different stuff that we'll do with it, it's going to happen. And when I say we, I just mean we, the royal we of you know, the society we, <clears throat> you know, those companies are going to use it. You know, your neighbors who, you know, you might have a neighbor that works at Amazon. Amazon's using it, you know, so we we are going to see it in almost every aspect of our daily lives. But will it be used for some of these, you know, public good types of uses? I think that remains to be seen. Um, mainly because I, I'm not convinced that we will be allowed to use it um, by, you know, at least I'm. I don't know if localities 
will generally be allowed to use it because of fear. So. Well, this has just been fantastic. As mentioned, we love these conversations. It's like we we had a bunch of uh, scripted questions and then we're like halfway through, forget that. We're not doing it. <laughs> so we, we love these conversations. And for those of you that are in the uh, D.C. region, one, we encourage you to check out Winchester VA. It's not too far away from D.C. Yeah. Virginia. Wait a minute. I should be able to plug something, too. Yeah, here. go so, for it. Go for it. Go oh, for absolutely. It. Winchester, Virginia is a fantastic place. If you are in the, D, the DMV, the District, Maryland or Virginia area, Winchester, Virginia is just a short drive, an hour and a half away, as Ron can attest. Uh, beautiful place, a lot of history. Uh, come visit, say hi, drop me an email, uh, dan.hoffman at winchesterva.gov, uh, and come visit our, our quaint little city. Yeah, and it's it is quaint, and also uh, there's you know stay there, just some of the city. There's some wine country yeah, around. There's also a little stuff. money. Yeah, yeah stay, exactly. we got some. A lot of great restaurants. It's a good place. Now, now you know about the services, so you're supporting yeah, the city. Exactly, services. Exactly. And we um, will we, we we won't steal your data from There you go. There you go. You hear about the limits. And and also for those of you that in the region, we do have our in-person forum events uh where we gather together and we see cool demos. We're definitely a demo kind of people, also as Dan would attend to. He's seen our demos. I've missed I miss those. Yeah. I know. You know, it, it think things have changed, but you know what? A lot of that vibe and that feels at the Gov Future Forum events. So uh check it out, uh Gov Future Forum. DC. It's at George Mason University, the third Thursday of the month. And maybe we'll have you in here. We'll do a panel, maybe do some in-person thing. You never know. Maybe a show and tell if you're doing something really cool. It's been a um, while. I do occasionally hop back over the mountain into the, the DMV. So there you, go. You, don't even, you don't have to cross the Potomac. That's the great thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, stay, stay in the real. In the, well, I guess Maryland's considered south of the Mason-Dixon, but you can say south, south of the Potomac. So there you go. There you go. But anyway, thank you so much. This has been a fantastic podcast. And, you know, all of our listeners, please tune in, provide comments. Let us know what you thought of what you heard here in the conversation today. Yes. And listeners, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, make sure to rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. Also become a GovFuture member if you're not already to take advantage of all that the community has to offer. To sign up, go to govfuture.com slash join, and we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes as well. We've also got some great resources if you're looking to get more insight and detail on the range of technology that we've discussed in this podcast and other topics as well. So check out our resources, books, courses, checklists, explainer videos, webinars, and more at govfuture.com slash resources. And we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes as well. Thanks for yeah, listening. And if you're going to leave a bad rating, don't. Just don't be bad. <laughs> uh, I mean... Hey, don't be one of those people that that uh, just likes to cash in the comment section. Those are the words. <laughs> well, I, I have to say, we do read all of our reviews, and you know, we we we're familiar with the one star reviews. Hey, look, it happens. Somebody listens to something, they didn't like something, we get it. But also, uh, leave us some feedback because we are open to your suggestions. We look, we could talk to Dan all day. Constructive we, feedback. That's people. right. <laughs> Not, hey, we talk to Dan. Why are we talking to this Dan guy? He's dumb. That's not constructive. Yeah, that definitely isn't. Especially I can tell you because he's kind of be true, but it's not it's not nice. And I will say for those of you that may not like it, we're gonna have him back whether or not you like it. So just go. no matter how feedback. dumb I get. Exactly. So give <laughs> us some feedback and we'll ask them on, on, on the next go around. <laughs> Very good. Thank you guys. All right. Bye, Dan. Thank you all for joining us on the podcast. And say and also please uh join. We'll talk a little about the Gut Future membership, Kathleen. Yes. So again, if you're not a GovFuture member already, please do become a member to take advantage of all that the community has to offer, including access to a diverse network of government innovators, 
opportunities to collaborate with government agencies, exclusive access to events and resources, and more. Go to govfuture.com slash join. And we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes as well. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you in the next podcast. To view this episode's show notes, find additional episodes, subscribe to this podcast, and join the fastest growing community of government innovators. Go to govfuture.com slash podcast. This sound recording and its contents are copyright GovFuture, all rights reserved. Music by Kevin McLeod. Thanks for listening to the GovFuture podcast and catch you at the next episode.